Welcome to the podcast with the best advice. This is In Their 20s with your host, Landon Campbell. I want to say thank you so much to everybody that tuned in for episode 100 last week. It was a different type of show. Instead of having an interview, I wanted to do a reflection episode, which allowed you guys to hear about the creation of this podcast, my personal advice for creating your own podcast, and everything else that I'm working on. We're going to also be adding a new segment to the show. This is going to be happening every week from now on. The top three things that I think 20-somethings should know about. We'll start with number one over here. I saw that Amazon last week rolled out a new augmented reality shopping tool that lets users virtually try on shoes that they might be interested in buying. This is super cool. You literally hold up your phone at your feet, and if you're shopping for shoes, the shoes will appear. Okay, now for our second point, and this one is very relevant because you might be listening to In Their 20s right now on Spotify. We have to talk about Spotify's podcasting business. You know, Spotify has invested so much money into podcasting, investing in acquisitions like Anchor and Megaphone, and then also creators. They've invested into Joe Rogan, the Obamas, so many more. They generated over $200 million in revenue last year, but the podcasting unit has not been profitable. So with the recent revenue from last year and some recent acquisitions as well, Spotify believes they can find profitability for their podcasts in the next one or two years. So we'll be watching that closely. And finally, the third point here, it was just announced that Jay-Z and Jack Dorsey are building a Bitcoin Academy. Jay-Z, well-known entrepreneur and rapper, Jack Dorsey, one of the co-founders of Twitter and Square. And of course, we had Jack Dorsey's other co-founder, Ev Williams, on this podcast last year. I think this is super important. The program aims to provide education, empower the community with knowledge, and get rid of some of the barriers to entry to crypto. So programs like this are super important. And everybody, those are the top three things that I believe 20-somethings should be paying attention to right now. All right, so now we're going to welcome our guest to the show for episode 101. We're going to be speaking with John Pumpliano. You might recognize John from his tweets on Twitter, where he talks about business, statistics, and cool stories every day, and also his work on the best business show. He works on that podcast and YouTube show with his brothers, Anthony Pumpliano and Joe. John's going to talk to us about how he grew his Twitter in such a short amount of time and how you can master Twitter in your 20s. Let's dive in. Let's go back to High Point University, where you attended there, um, you know, graduated back in 2018. A fun question to start, what was one daily routine that you developed in college that you still use today? Daily routine I developed in college I still use today would be waking up early. I think that was probably one of the best things I could have done for myself in college because it's notorious people just stayed asleep until, you know, noon, one o'clock on a Saturday and getting up. And even if you don't really do anything, if even if you're just kind of on your computer or your phone, you have those like few extra hours and you feel more accomplished. And I think that kind of leads you into the rest of the day and the rest of the week. Of course. Yeah. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful piece of advice that if you look at the most influential people in the world, um, you know, a lot of them are waking up at crazy hours, like three, but it's, it's spread around. But if you look at like, you know, the average it's, it's early, um, you know, there's a full day ahead. It's best to get up. I'd even add to that kind of have a general idea of what you want to do for the day. Even if you're literally writing it down, like what you want to accomplish. Um, and that could just really help you be most productive. You don't have to hit every single thing for that day, but at least you can see what you started the day wanting to do. Um, and make sure that you're holding yourself accountable for that. Yeah. One thing I say is write your goal down in pen and your plan in pencil, 
because you don't really know what's going to happen and you want to write your goal down. It wants to be solidified, but uh, the plan changes along the way every day. That's powerful. I love that. That's a really good quote. Um, so John, obviously we're going to spend a lot of time um, during the interview talking about the best business show um, and also like how you've utilized social media. Uh, you've built quite the following, sharing some amazing insights on business statistics. Um, but what I really want to make sure people understand, you just joined Twitter in 2021, already amassed 69,000 followers and growing. Um, and of course, we're going to have to break down like some of your growth hacks there. But before we get there, let's talk about some of the jobs that you had after college, um, just to kind of set the scene a little bit uh, before we knew John from Twitter. Yeah, so I came out of college kind of trying to understand really what I wanted to do, knew I wanted to do something in business, something in finance. Um, I initially worked for a media analytics company, so I got to see kind of the opposite side of what creators see in the sense of like how much traffic is going to a certain website or a certain device, and then also like where's that traffic coming from and then where's it going afterwards. So I got mm -hmm. a really, really good uh, sense of kind of how the web and like people and advertisers are looking at traffic. Um, and then I transitioned out of that in early 2021 when I kind of joined Twitter. I transitioned, I started helping my brother Anthony do a lot of investing stuff. We have a rolling fund that we use um, to kind of deploy capital with. And then um, I also have just been doing a ton of creator stuff, right? So I've, as you probably know, being a creator, a lot of your time is spent research, actually creating the stuff. And then you distribute it one time for about 10 minutes and then you go on to the next thing. Um, so a lot of my time is spent doing that. Of course. And I know Anthony tweets out a lot. Um, and I agree with this, that, uh, you know, sort of like the influencers, content creators, individuals are really overtaking a lot of these legacy media companies. Since I kind of spent a lot of my time in, um, you know, both media and VC, I've been following that trend as well of even further, a lot of these influential people developing their own, you know, rolling funds, emerging fund managers, et cetera. Um, is that also a trend that you guys are seeing? Like more creators, if you have an audience and if you have like actual, a genuine audience, like people trust you, is that something you're seeing like more people creating funds? Yeah, I've seen more people creating funds, but also products as well. So mm -hmm. the clear products are Mr. Beast, for example, created the Mr. Beast chocolate bar, uh, the Mr. Beast burger. But I did a thread the other day that a bunch of celebrities are getting into liquor. It's because they have built-in distribution, right? They already have millions of fans on those social medias and they just leverage it. Uh, the Nelk Boys and Happy Dad is another great example. Barstool Sports, like every big time creator has, it seems like at some point, gone ahead, created a product. Uh, and then VC, um, I think Twitter is the best because you can interact with people. If you use any of those other social media apps, it's really videos and pictures of your friends. But Twitter is like the best place to share ideas back and forth and actually connect with people. And we've had people invest through Twitter. We found companies through Twitter, through anonymous accounts. Uh, it's a really, really powerful tool that people and especially young people in their 20s need to learn how to leverage. I totally agree. You know, when we think of professional networks, people... A lot of people my age think first of LinkedIn, but um, I'm glad that we've realized the importance of Twitter. Um, I don't know when that happened because Twitter wasn't always built like this, but Twitter has become a wonderful professional resource to connect with people. And I've spoken with a lot of VCs and they tell me if I were starting a fund today, I'd want to get to 100,000 followers on Twitter first because that's distribution, as you mentioned. That's deal flow. Um, that's you having your own brand and credibility and you can show your track record. Um, so I think that's powerful. Um, so now, John, let's dive into Twitter uh, since we're talking about it. Um, I want this to really be the episode where 20-somethings tuning in can learn how to leverage Twitter in the best of ways. Uh, let's start at the beginning, man. Again, developing your page in 2021, the amount of reach you've seen is remarkable. 
And I'm really curious myself how you've done it. So let's go back to the beginning days. If do you remember the day you created a Twitter and kind of what your plan was? <laughs> I do. I do. I was, uh, I was in Miami. I wasn't living in Miami at the time. And I uh, got convinced to join Twitter by my brother, Anthony. I give him credit for that because it actually has helped me along the way. But um, yeah, he, he was like, look, man, it's good. You can connect with people. And also it's just something, it's, it's a very good news source. Like I just never really was on Twitter. I didn't really understand it. Um, like why people, I thought it was like Facebook statuses, basically. I was like, oh, it's just a long list of Facebook statuses. I don't care. Um, but yeah, I mean, consistency has definitely been one thing, right? You just consistently posting, consistently interacting with people. Um, if you're not doing anything, no one's going to find your account or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, when I first started, I got a really big jolt from Anthony. Uh, he like helped me out. And um, it's also just like, how do you structure stuff? And that's like really what I thought about from the beginning was that not a lot of people think about it. It's just like, what's long tail? Like, how can you do this? And just uh, like multiply it over and over again. What What is the formula for you? Of course. Yeah. Jolts are always important. Having people like reshare and like, you know, help you get started is always important, but keeping them, having them stay retention, um, I'd argue is even the most important thing. And that's something that you've kept very well. I mean, I can see like your pinned tweet on your Twitter has amassed over 160,000 um, likes, which is really, really amazing. So, but this is not just like one pinned tweet. This, you do this consistently. Um, so do you kind of start every week, like saying, okay, I want to cover these topics. Let me start with like long, long form content, kind of picking from there. Like, how do you develop, you know, and come up with these tweets um, and ideas for Twitter? Yeah, I think the threads are one thing that people focus a lot of time on because I think your biggest posts probably have the most impact for you on Twitter. So what do I mean mm -hmm. by that is you can consistently post all the time and that's really going to help your engagement and people are going to see you more, but it's really those posts that go beyond your reach, right? So it's beyond your followers. It's your followers, followers, and their followers yes. and so on, right? So it's the retweets, the quote tweets. So when you have something that called easy numbers you have something that amasses a thousand fall or a thousand likes or versus something that would only amass you know 500 there is a big difference there because when you spend time on better content i think people really appreciate it uh but the consistency matters and you have to continuously post otherwise people just lose interest of course so we spoke about consistency let's talk about another pillar that's really important um just brand recognition i mentioned earlier i mean you're very specific it's even what's well, in your bio about what you tweet about you literally say i tweet about business statistics and cool stories every day are these cool stories um that you're specifically doing things that you know just interest you or do you try and target things that you know the masses are talking about um because i'm trying to help people like if you want to start with a Twitter, like you got to obviously be known for tweeting about specific things. Are those things that you like, or are you more going for things that other people like? Yeah, I think a niche is really important. And that's probably one thing that like really helps you. If you're consistently tweeting about something, the people that talk about that topic will find you, whether they like your yeah. content or not, they will eventually see your page. So picking the niche and like going after that just specifically is really huge. Uh, but yeah, look, I put it in my bio to be pretty straightforward with everyone. When you come to this page, hopefully if you like business, if you like stats, numbers, and you also just find things interesting, cool stories about people, what they've done in their lives and just like random things I find on the internet. I, uh, I post it there. I try to gear it towards what I like because I think long-term that's what I'll have the most fun with. Um, yep. But you definitely think about how will someone be receptive to this? How will this be perceived in other people's eyes when they read it without your bias? Of course. So you touched on some great pillars here. Again, the consistency. Um, I'd even argue you've spoken a little bit about simplicity as well. Um, shareability is super important. As for the type of content that you share, 
because um, you're not just doing the threads. Have you seen images perform well, videos? Uh, and what else are you experimenting with? Are, are you like a Twitter Spaces user? Uh, just looking at the app as a whole, um, you know, what are you, what are you liking and what are you using? Yeah, I think media always does really well, right? Because it brings up the engagements. People either click on the photo or watch the video, whether they watch the whole thing or not. I think it's just really important to have them engaging with your tweet, right? Um, mm -hmm. So I try to use as much media as possible. But look, the best content reigns supreme at the end of the day. Like you could have a one-off two-sentence tweet that is hilarious, that is going to go way more viral than the most informational thing you could put on the internet, right? And mm -hmm. it's really just what people saw at what time. And to what you were talking about with simplicity is that is very, very important. And I think the best communicators do it very simply and they speak very clearly and they talk about like, hey, look, A, B, C, D and not the giant list of, you know, nonsense words, I'll call it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, so what you're saying is just proofread maybe your tweets before you yeah. post them as well to make sure it's clear um, because you can be posting about things that you love, but also, you know, it's going to an audience. So you want to make sure that, you know, there's just general understanding about what you're tweeting. Um, so let's also talk about, I mean, you know, the crazy news with Elon, uh, crazy in a good way. Personally, I know a lot of people are saying, you know, it's a uh, crazy for this reason, that reason, since we're talking about Twitter, I just would love to hear your thoughts on, um, you know, what he will be able to bring to the platform. Um, and I'll also kind of add a double question here. I know since we spent a lot of time on Twitter, you know, we were very active in the VC tech crypto communities. A lot of people are preaching about decentralization every day. Is it good for one man to be in charge of an app like this? Um, so I'd love to kind of hear both answers for that one. Yeah, I'll start with the, uh, with the first one of what he can bring to Twitter. I think we've seen what he's done with his other companies and SpaceX and Tesla um, and pretty much the boring company. Literally anything he seems to work on seems to work. Um, and I think that speaks to him as a leader and putting, one, the right people into place to do the right things. He obviously cannot spend his time all day on every single company. Uh, so you have to be a really good delegator, right? You have to be a really good time manager. And I think he kind of understands that he is more of a engineer rather than like a CEO um, kind of boss. I think he really enjoys the engineering part. I can expect mm -hmm. him to look, he's buying Twitter. I expect good things to come from it. He seems like he cares about free speech. Um, totally. So he seems like he cares about the boss, which we were talking about before we started this. Uh, yep. it, it's, getting, it's getting crazy and the platform has a really, really large reach. They're not the largest social media in the world, but they have really big importance, um, especially in the United States. So I think he can bring a lot and I think he'll do a very, very good job. Um, but only time will tell on that. Of course. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. And uh, of course, to the uh, one person in charge, I mean, my, my personal take is I think intention matters and you kind of spoke about it briefly, um, you know, like why he wants to be in charge and what he wants to fix is very important, but you know, we've seen the same with uh, Bezos and a lot of these other um, influential people, Benioff, you know, purchasing these media companies and maybe, you know, intentions, I'm not going to, you know, point any fingers, but intentions sometimes are good. Intentions are sometimes bad. Um, do you think um, in a case like, Twitter, it's good for one person to kind of call, call the shots. Yeah, I think in any organization, it brings good and bad, right? When you have one held, it's kind of my way or the highway. He decides what happens. Um, the one thing I will say, and I always kind of go back to is, look, if people don't like this, go buy Twitter, go build a better platform and go use another platform. And it's unfortunate that it is that way, but it's just the way it is in the world. It's a free market. And look, if he does enough bad things to where people don't like it and the users are saying, I'm sick of what 
the leader of this platform is doing, people will leave the platform, right? Um, we saw that obviously when he initially bought it, people were freaking out, uh, some, <laughs> saw videos all over, people posting on Twitter, hey, I'm leaving Twitter yeah. and then deleting their account, right? Oh my so God. Um, everyone's taking yeah. it with what they will. I will still be on Twitter. I will still use Twitter because I think still right now, he's not taking control till October if it goes through. Still right now is a good platform. If he does something bad, I'll leave it. But the reach, um, the rewards outweigh the risk here. Totally. I, I love that quote. Um, that's a really, really powerful one. Final question for you. I know the emphasis of this interview has been Twitter, but what, what other social platforms have you become bullish on? Are you on Be Real? Um, any social audio? Do you think LinkedIn's dying? Um, are you looking at TikTok? What other platforms do you think uh, 20-somethings that want to build a brand, want to become credible, um, and want to get in front of a lot of people should be using? Yeah, I think about reach when I think about what platforms to join and what to be a part of. So we use YouTube because it's a really good, if you get the algorithm right, Mr. Beast has mastered the algorithm. If any of you guys don't know him, please go look him up on YouTube. He is a absolute animal with YouTube. Um, but also I've been looking at TikTok a lot to try to get into that because I always just go back to, it is the most used social media app, right? More people yep. went to TikTok.com than Google.com last year. That's which insane. Is an insane I didn't even know statistic, that. right? So- <laughs> If more people are going there, you might as well go where the audience is, right? The hardest yep. thing creators try to do is they focus on every different platform. They try to move their audience from, hey, my YouTube audience, go, why don't you follow me on Twitter too? And it's really, really hard to do that. To master where the audience already is, is a no-brainer. Totally. John, you've been spinning some bars, man. I really appreciate it. This interview has <laughs> been great. I love your point on YouTube. Um, I just read this stat um, that out of, you know, because I'm a podcaster, uh, yep. largest podcast audiences are tuning in on YouTube. And like you would think the Spotify and Apple, but, um, you know, YouTube's winning the podcast race, which I find really, really interesting. So that's a platform worth investing in. And of course, um, as you mentioned, TikTok, you know, it could be a different app tomorrow, but I, I think the basis of your point is uh, just go where people are and there's data um, always supporting and like mentioning what people are using, where they are, how long they're using it. So if you want to be... Um, you know, if you want to build a brand on social media, don't just use these um, apps just to, you know, post and stupid content. I think actually, if you want to be, you know, in the space, like learn more about the back end as you did early in your career, you weren't just a user. You were also like looking at the other side of it. Um, and I think that's important. Yeah. Just look at how the algorithm of these companies work. So TikTok, I think is great because it shows your content to people that don't follow you. When we talked about what, uh, what platform to use, Twitter is great because I see what other people are liking a lot easier. Instagram is a perfect example. The only way I find an Instagram is if I go on the explore page, which I don't personally do, or someone <laughs> sends me the account, right? They have started to integrate suggested posts, but that's a long way away. And as a normal user, you're not going to be in a suggested post right away. So use the platforms that you can go viral without having a lot of followers if you have good content. And TikTok is definitely one of those platforms. Love that. John, this was great. Really appreciate you making the time uh, for the interview and really sharing some awesome insights, uh, insights that I'll even be using uh, because I, I want to be at a place in a year where I can say 2000 Lex isn't a lot. So hopefully <laughs> um, I, I know our listeners are going to be able to learn a lot from this interview, man. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Landon. Of course.